Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very special guest. This has been a, um, a long time coming. Um, he's an actor. He's a comedian. He's a director, producer, writer, father, husband, professional ball breaker, professional ranter, Mr. New York, a.k.a. White Mike, um, the most punk person I know who hates punk rock. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Michael Rapport. Oh, thank you for having me, Toby. Um, I, I, I would say I'm glad to be here, but... I've made it clear, and, and I know your fans are probably very sweet, um, normal folks, so I don't want them to misinterpret anything. I've made it clear I did not want to do the podcast. I did not want to do... I'm, this is actually going to be uh, the last podcast that I possibly do ever. Um, <laughs> at least I'm going out with a bang, uh, but I'm glad to be here on the One Life, One Chance podcast. Um and um, you know, if we get to a, if we get to any questions that I feel like are annoying or uh, too um, uh, too involved, I'm just gonna say Google it, bitch. <laughs> okay, so when you ask me, let's practice that now. So if we, like, just ask me, like, just you know, when's your birthday? You were born in New York, correct? Google it, bitch. Like All right, that, so listen, because I, I I'm not gonna be here fucking three hours. I'm not Moby. Okay, I'm not gonna fucking be here for fucking nine fucking hours here and to talk. Do, um, um, okay, I, 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 let's let's. Go. Well, let me say this then to let's listeners. Fucking go, so Jesus people that will listen to this podcast from day one, they know it's been chronological order of my life. Then they know that there's like there's not really a method to the madness. It's not really like a it's not really like an agenda or platform. We just talk. But I, I like to give a little history of your background. But if, if you want people to Google, they can Google like where you were born. No, no, I like um, to Google it, bitch. How you ended up in Brownsville, hanging out, all yes. that stuff. They, they can Google all that stuff. Anything, yes, every, anything and everything. Okay, let me just ask you this, though. Did you, did you have any goals in school to, like, when you graduated to do anything? <laughs> or you just kind of winged it? Is that like by, the time I, by the time I graduated high school... Because you kicked out of schools, too. I was kicked out of school. By the time I graduated high school, which was January of 89, I had to do an extra semester at Martin Luther King High School in Manhattan. I went to a different school every year from the third grade on. To be honest, I, I had no goals. Like that January through June of 1989 was probably the, the, the only time that I didn't have goals because my goal before that was to be a professional basketball player. And in the year, bef like I, like a year, two years going, gearing up to that, I knew that I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player. I knew that I wasn't going to go to ba uh, college on a college scholarship. So for the first time in my life, I did not have focus. I did not have goals. And, and I did get into some trouble doing things I had no business doing. Um, and, and it all culminated with me getting my ear uh, bitten off. Um, uh, well, half of it bitten off, my left ear bitten off in a, in, a, in a very violent street fight with me and my friends versus some other people literally over some what are you looking at type Damn. shit. You know, like, you remember the old what are you looking at? Yeah, was that in Brownsville or no? It was with Brownsville dudes. It was actually in Long Island. But when you're getting into fights over what are you looking at and the end result is you know, your ear getting bit. Yeah. You, for me, that was enough. Yeah. I had had, I had tapped out. I had tapped out. And, and at that point I knew that I wanted to, uh, uh be a standup comedian. And while the guy was biting my ear, I actually said to myself, the first thought that went to my head was you can't be a standup comedian with one fucking ear. It's true. I mean, <laughs> it's a good joke for like once. No, it's true though. But 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 like, it's going to be tough to 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 be like a, a the next Eddie Murphy because that's what I want to be with one year. But how does a kid growing up in Manhattan end up in Brownsville? Is it because of schools you get changed Brownsville to? Brownsville and in Harlem, all my like street shit, like all my friends that were like you know from the hood, Brooklyn, yeah. and Harlem. It was all through basketball and all through 
like our love of hip hop, but it was mm-hmm. basketball because basketball brought me to different neighborhoods. I'm from the east side, east, east, east side of Manhattan, super east. And, you know, at like about 12, I, I, I you know, people were like, if you want to really get good, you got to go to other parks, you got to go to other gyms. And, and that would take me to like, you know, more competitive places. And the kids were from different neighborhoods. And at that yeah. age, you know, you're 12 years old. You're like, where are you from? Where are you from? Okay, yeah, you want to come over? Yeah, I'll come over. And you, you, you know, like, all right, yeah, come spend the night. So I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Brownsville. I'm in Harlem. And, and it was all just basketball and hip hop. And it was just young and innocent. And, you know, and, and New York at the time, you know, uh, uh, was a very interesting place because there was so much violence insulated in the hoods yeah um and it was such a freedom you know like to be going around all over the place 12 13 you know on the train on your bike yeah you know on the bus walking um and and for me as a kid you know hanging out in those neighborhoods it was just like a total it was just like an immersement into this like this whole it was like what i was exposed to and the shit that i saw and the the community the violence the carefreeness yeah. the recklessness it was it was like a beautiful disaster yeah. like like brownsville is such a fucked up place it's the most uh heavily populated place in the country with projects it can never be gentrified um and to and, this day still oh yeah i mean it's fucking yeah. it's it's a rough place but you know when you go out like as a kid i was just going out there to play ball to hang on my to hang on my friend yeah and then you know you make more friends and it just you know, it was just, it was just was what it was. And I, I, you know, I didn't have any problems. Like people were like tripping though, because it was literally the only white kid in the yeah. neighborhood. Like, like people were like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like, yeah. but it, you know, because you're, we were so young and because I was, you know, projects are sort of like, you know, they're safe places if you, 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 you know, who's in them. Yeah. So, I mean, I also, I'm a kid, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? Like, it's, it's like, when you look at like how young I was. But it was just basketball and like hip hop. It was basketball, hip hop. Yeah. It was basketball and what's go- what's on in the on the radio. And you ha- you have a brother and sister. Were they? Did you hang out with them growing up? Or you guys kind of did your own thing. I have a half sister. She lived with her mom and my brother. Like we grew up in the same house, but we're totally different. But like we yeah. were close. I mean, we saw each other all the time. He just different interests, different. Super smart. I met him. He's super smart. Yes, he's like a scientist or some shit. He's a, he's a he's a, a professor at a school. Yeah. Um. Now. Now. Um. How are we doing so far, Toby? Doing, doing great. So did you? I, I just want to like people to understand. I've been uh, uh, resisting doing this podcast. I'm having a good time. I got your dog here. Um. You people, know, people have been asking for this to happen, so I'm glad it's happening. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Here's my question. It's so. If it's down. not. If it's. If it's. If it's. It might be a Google. It, it might be our first Google. It bitch. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um. You passed school though. You graduated though, right? You made it. I out. graduated when I was 19. It's kind of late. By the skin, yeah. Well, I I had to do an extra semester. Got you. Nineteen's older. Yeah. I was actually I was eighteen. I graduated. And I was eighteen, and I turned nineteen in 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 that in that March. I'm not a good dates person, but I remember that because I had to do six months extra in high school, which was like embarrassing. Mm. I still don't know how I graduated. I didn't like. I, they just wanted me out of the fucking school. Yeah. I was a pain in the ass. So what? what so what? What was <laughs> when you get out? What was like? I know you want to become an actor and stuff. Like what was? What was that transition from getting out of school and then moving to LA and like just by yourself? Because I was in like I had gotten into trouble, the ear biting incident. Mm-hmm. You know, I had always loomed like I'm gonna go to LA. My sister lived in LA. I had went to LA one year in high school, Fairfax High School, eighty five, eighty six. 
um, because um, like I, ninth grade was a disaster. So I went, came out of here tenth grade. I played ball at Fairfax High School, very great, good basketball man. team. I, I just was too young to be away from my family, be, yeah. be, be away from my friends. Inevitably, that was kind of like the beginning of when I knew I wasn't going to be a great, great basketball player. But like that was my dream. Like that truly was my goal. It kept me focused. It kept me out of trouble. Um, I, I I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. You know, I, I, I wasn't even so much chasing girls at that age. I was a little late with that. Yeah. Uh, because of the basketball. Um, but but when I graduated, you know, like I, I, I you know, when I graduated high school, like I started thinking, like, I want to be a comedian. I'm going to be a comedian. So stupid, but fearless. I was fearless. And then I came out here, um, you know, uh, 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 started doing you know, little open mics and all that shit. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, got a little job. My, like I said, I didn't come out here like not knowing people. I had roots in okay. Los Angeles. Yeah. So I had people out here. What was your job, you remember? I was a messenger, a car messenger, Sick. which was dope because the, for someone who didn't drive much and also didn't know LA, and yeah. LA is such an inevitable driving city. Yes. And this was like, you know, you had these... Um, the maps, what the fuck was it called? You had like this grid map, the big, I know some, one of your fans is always like saying it. Map quest? No. It was, this is like you had, oh fuck, I forgot what it's called. It was like a big map. Okay. It was like a book of maps and it like would get you around the city. I know what you're talking about. And, um, and I learned how to like get around, but I would like, you know, I was a messenger and I did that for about, you know, two years and, you know, but, you know, stand up inevitably got me into acting, but like when I first, you know, started acting like when I first had my first audition first you know time looking at a script looking at sides uh looking at like a scene like that shit made more sense to me than basketball or stand-up comedy and I was like this is what I'm gonna do like this is what I want to be and I continued to do stand-up but I started auditioning and I was able to get my first part on this show China Beach China Beach um, which was a very popular ABC show, and it was about 12, 13, 14 lines on China Beach, but it was a humongous deal for me. Sick. Like, that was really, like, I was like the character in True Romance. Like, I was Dick Ritchie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he wanted to be on... Um, um, I forgot that show he's going to be wait, on Wait, 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 what the fuck? Uh, not Starsky and Hutch. He wanted to be on um, MacGyver. MacGyver, okay. I wanted to be on China Beach. Okay. But it was the same <laughs> reaction, and, like, when I yeah. did... When I did True Romance and I got the part on True, it got the part in True Romance. Like I was that character. That's why they 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 auditioned me. The casting okay. director, um, they they because that part in True Romance, a uh, was a written for a black guy. Dick oh, Ritchie was gonna be black. Oh wow! And they couldn't find uh, the right actor. They couldn't cast that part for some reason. Um, and I was actually cast already to play the part that Kevin Corrigan played. He played one of the gangsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had gotten that part first. Okay. And and then um, the casting director was like, "Have him come in for Dick Ritchie." And I came in for Dick Ritchie um, on a Saturday, and 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 I was like, "I want this part. It's a better part." Mm -hmm. And 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 um, and I said to Tony Scott, the late great Tony Scott, and the cast directors, I was like, "Do not let me leave until I get this right." Like I knew like that essence of that character was yeah. who I was. And the crazy thing about True Romance. And shooting that movie is when we shot the scene in the house where I get the phone call with Brad Pitt in, yep. and Christian Slater that I got the part on MacGyver. And I swear this is true. They had all these prop scripts in Dick Ritchie's house. Okay. And one of the prop scripts, I've never told this, 
one of the prop scripts was my actual episode that I actually got to be on China Beach. Beach. Oh shit! Like, and I remember looking awesome. at that shit, being like, "Yo, this is bugged out." Like, like imitating real life. That's crazy. Yeah, and I remember like looking around the set. There was all these movie posters, and you know they had prop scripts. But because Warner Brothers did True Romance, yeah. China Beach was a Warner Brothers film. Gotcha. A Warner Brothers TV show. I think that's why the, they had all these China Beach scripts and all these these other Warner Brothers scripts awesome, used man. as the props. But like I remember seeing that, I was just like, oh, it was like One Step. The name of this, the, the 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 episode of China Beach was like One Step or something like that. And um, that was a big show. I remember that. It was a big show. I mean, and, but it was a big deal for me to get that one episode because you know when you're that young. You know, you don't know what you want to do. You don't know mm -hmm. what you're good at. You know, you, you know, people call it. I'm not I'm not just diminishing anybody's anxiety, but people are so quick to say they have anxiety, have anxiety. You're supposed to have anxiety when you're 19. You yeah. barely finished high school. You don't have any goals. You don't have any. Uh, you're not in college. You don't know what you're going to do. That's not, I don't think that's called anxiety. I think that's called fear. Yeah. And I think it's good sometimes to have fear. Like, yeah, I would be up at night. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd be tossing turn. Yeah, you're scared you're going to wind up on the fucking street as a homeless bum. Yeah. That's not necessarily anxiety. That's called growing fucking pains. Real world shit. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. growing pains. It's not like, oh, I have anxiety. Yeah, you fucking... You, that you're supposed to. You don't have a life. Yeah. <laughs> that's fear. That's that's just called being 19, 20, 21 or something like it's that. true. So people quick to go, I have a, a panic attack. Yeah, because you're not doing anything. Or because yeah. you're scared that you're not going to accomplish your goals. That's not a panic attack. That's just life. Yeah. We well, super scared. And not, not to diminish people's actual with actual anxiety and actual panic attack. I know with all the political correctness, but but that's real shit. Yeah. You know, like I was up at night, like, what the fuck am I gonna do? What the fuck am I gonna do? And 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 you know, then inevitably I was able to find something that I was good at. And you know, you, I, you know, people say, you know, you, you know, not all dreams come true. I wanted to be in the NBA, didn't work out. Yeah. Fortunately, I, I found another career that is just kind of cool. And as, as, as unique as being in the NBA, not necessarily as cool, but it's pretty cool to be an actor. But it's like, you know, yeah. everybody, all dream, not everybody's meant to be a star, not everybody's meant to be famous, not everybody's meant to be rich. It doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. You know, like so many like people, you know, I, I chasing my dreams, my dream. Yeah. Okay. That dream didn't come true. You got to find other dreams. Yeah. You got to audible your shit. Yeah. I love that. And you turn that shit around <laughs> too. Like you found it. I was lucky. I was lucky. It was good timing. There was a... There was a a, 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 a a new sort of, you know, I had a new sort of energy for Hollywood, like this New yeah. York shit. Yeah, you know, definitely. the movie that I got first, Zebrahead, it was yep. just great timing. It was just timing. It was just good luck, good timing, and I was ready, and, 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 and it fell into place. Was that Spike Lee, Zebrahead? No, Oliver Stone produced okay. as unknown director, but it was a big fucking deal. Like, it was a, yeah. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I knew the part. I knew that I was going to get the part. I knew that I was right for the part. Yeah. I knew it was destined for me to get that part. Like I, in, in hindsight, I knew it was destined. But like I went in there to, for this movie, Zebrahead, independent movie. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had already cast Adrian Brody, the great oh, Adrian shit. Brody. And I remember we, we, we had a casting session. They do this often, like with young actors. They don't do it with like known actors. They'll do like... You know, they'll do this because they they'll cattle call young actors and they'll have yeah. you mix and match and read. And Adrian was there and uh, uh, some other actors were there. But they had told Adrian Brody he got the part. Yeah. And um, and I, re I went to a school in New York City. This is a very New York-centric story. But I went to a school in New York City my, my senior year 
called Martin Luther King High School, which was a very rough high school. It was right next door to LaGuardia High School. LaGuardia High School is the fame high school. Yeah. It's where, like, you know, uh, Marla Wayans went, Nicki Minaj wow. went, you know, like, uh, Adrian Brody went, fucking, you know, t- tons of, like, you know, actors. That yeah. kid, uh, Shamlay, Timothy Shamlay. It's like the acting school, the art school. But our school was notoriously... It wasn't me, but yeah. our school was notoriously bullying that school. Oh, shit. They were like punking that school to the point where that school had to get out at 2 p.m. so our school could get out at 3 p.m. So the kid, <laughs> But I remember like sitting there with Adrian. He had his little New York attitude. I had my little New York attitude. I was like, what high school you go to? He goes, uh, LaGuardia. He said, what's the high school I, uh, you go to? I said, King. And I knew at that point, I was like, I got this fucking part. <laughs> like, I was like, motherfucker, you know what it is. Like, I was, this was, this is my fucking part. Damn. Like, I, you know what the fuck it is. You yeah. Motherfuckers go home early because, you know, it's just like I I wasn't a tough guy, but I was around tough guys. Yeah. I was just kind of flexing on let him know like, yo, I'm the realest motherfucker in this motherfucking audition. I'm getting this fucking part. Yeah. It's all young shit. And I I like Adrian. He's a great actor. And he went on to win the Academy Award. And I'm doing the fucking One Life, One Chance podcast. So, you know what? It's like it's variables to it. (laughs) Is that going to be his first movie, too? Because or he was a no name at that point. I'm sure. Yeah, it was going to be his first movie. Yeah, I don't think he had done anything. I think he was still in uh, uh, Laguardia. So Zebra had put you put you on the put you on the map. Zebra had put me on the map, and and Zebra had opened my whole like I was like I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. You know, it it won an award at Sundance the same year. Coincidentally, that true um that Reservoir Dogs. Oh shit! It was it was Quentin Tarantino and Reservoir Dogs, um out. You know, like their coming out party was that same Sundance Film Festival. Oh, shit, wow. So, like, I met Quentin, and, and that's how I first met him. And, um, you know, like, it was so much hype and excitement around Quentin and that film and Harvey Keitel and Tim Roth and line, this yeah. new director, writer, director, and this violent, crazy, funny movie that you have to see. And, you know, it was a different time because... You know, it's so rare now that movies you have to see, you have to see in like this, because we have so many forums and things to do. We have our yeah. phone, we have streaming, we have, you know, fucking watching movies on our phone. We have YouTube. Yeah. At the time, it was a little bit more value in going to the movie. So there was such a excitement on this new director who yeah. wrote this new movie. And he's the next Scorsese. He's the next Kubrick. And, you know, he's the next. And, 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 and obviously, it lived up to all the expectations. Totally. But I remember... You know, Quentin that week and and I mean, you know, and myself, like it was something that I know he'll never forget. And I'll, I will certainly never forget that shit. Like it was a big fucking deal to have that validation. Like, you know, people are like, I saw your movie. Like, I remember when I got up to Sundance. I know I'm kind of jumping all over nah, the place. Good, good. But when I got to Sundance, um, the Sundance Film Festival, me and my mom, we got lost. And uh, we had to pull over and we went into a bar and we were like, where's wherever we were going? The Holiday Inn or the Hilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, they said, oh, you go down that road, you know, make a left. Uh, and she goes, you know what? I just saw your movie. I saw your movie, Z-Bread. It was really good, man. It's, it, you know, awesome. and I remember I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, because I didn't even know they had screened. They had, and I was like, when did they? Yeah, they had a special screening for the locals. And I was like, oh, shit. It's and awesome. like that week, like, you know, sort of, you know, just. Going into this world, you know, of, of being an actor, like you know, and 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 you know, the thing about being an actor is like, you know, like I did that movie. Things were never like given to me, like yeah, you know, like I I did that movie and then I kind of went backwards and I started getting smaller parts and smaller mm-hmm. parts and then I went, you know, it's like it was weird. It was weird, but it was all the way it was meant to be. And 
the thing about being an actor and talk about that fear, like what people call it, um, you know, people call it anxiety and yeah. panic attacks. Now, you know, you 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 know, the, being an actor, it's like it's like a, it's like a you're li- like living this double, double life because you go out and you have all this people, you know, recognize you and fame yeah. and you know, seemingly all kept together, and you don't know, especially when you're younger. Like I just started sort of in the last five, six, seven, eight years sort of accepting like I'm always going to work as an actor. I'm fucking Michael Rappaport. I've earned my right to get jobs. I've earned my right yeah. to 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 be in front of a camera. Like I know that I'm, you know, good at what I do at least. I'm not the best. Yeah. I'm not the worst, but I know I I I I I'm a professional. And yeah. and and but it takes a long time to like because you you know unless you're like the elite few of like the Brad Pitts the Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio's you know the 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 Will Smiths that sort of like have these careers that just go from boom to boom to boom to boom most people don't have that yeah there's a few that have that you know there's ebbs and flows to a career and and uh, you know it's a life of an artist it's the same shit in your business you have a record deal you yeah. have a record come out and then it kind of dies off and you know only some can maintain it and it's just like rocket. You know, and and you have to, you know, for 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 you know, I'm blessed, and I've I've never stopped working. But like that fear of like, yo, what the fuck is next? Like, you know, uh, uh you know, I'm just jumping forward. But like, you know, I have this show now, atypical, right? It's yeah, the third season, show. right now, as of this, uh, one life, one chance podcast. You know, I don't know if that show is coming back next year. Now I know better as a 49, soon to be 50 year old person that I know that if atypical doesn't come back and it should fucking come back it should come back it should come back but if it doesn't come back i know i'll get another job yeah but the vulnerability of not knowing that's your whole career the, your whole life it's like just that. a whole fucking it, it's a whole life you know it, 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 it's just the ups and downs of being an actor and it's kind of it's whack to me that that you have to go through that but it's it makes you stronger it builds confidence and and you know yeah it's whack but 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 you know there's so many fucking things in life that are whack, you know, like you can't yeah. go, well, you know, uh, do, and you know, I mean, I was so panic attacks because I didn't know if atypical was coming back for season mm-hmm. four. And, 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 you know, I have so much anxiety. It is what it is, man. You motherfuckers don't know what their next job is. Like life yeah. is not easy for everybody. You know, it's like, you know, like, and then you got to just fucking something else will come. It is whack if it doesn't come back. Yeah, but I think it will come back. But you I know, think it's, I think it's one of my one of my favorite roles you've done. Not just because you're my friend, but because just seeing you as a just just your role in that show. It's super emo. Like it's so just, it's so emo. But serious, just like you you you. I just you kill that role. It's Thank re- you. It's a really great role. It's so different for you too. It's so out of character. But it's different. For you. It's different than my persona. But you know me exactly. But people are tripping out <laughs> off a typical part because they're like. It's so different than when I see you. Yeah, that lady just now at this coffee shop. I know yeah. what to think about you as a dad, and I saw it. I loved it. Yeah. Because they don't know you like that. But there's so many elements from that character that were in so many, in my opinion, other characters. Like, even, like, the sweetness and vulnerability of Dick Ritchie. Yeah. Is in that. It's just when people now, because they see me, they hear me breaking your balls on your podcast. They see me talking shit on social media. They're like, this guy. And, you know, so, but it's it's cool. Like, you know, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't, I take that as a compliment and I look at it as two separate things. Like the role that I play as myself, breaking <laughs> your balls and yeah. talking shit and all the dick stain Donald Trump and the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the sort of antagonistic thing. That's a character too. It's not who I am, you know, all the time. No, I, mean, I know you. A lot of who I am. Yeah. But, but it's not who I am all the time. That's but right. Yeah. I think that with atypical, the response to that character 
you know, when they're like, oh, it's, it's such a sweet character, it's because they, they're seeing the, the, the... They know you on social media going Playing so around hard. all the time, yeah. So, so. And, and, that's, and that's sometimes when people say like, you know, your friend's talking about this, or he's talking about me, or he's talking about, is, is he negative? I'm like, yo, this dude's got a PMA tat. Like, you guys, I know rap. You guys know the persona, or you know rap on the internet, but I know the, the rap. And so people have this one view of you and how you are and how you see the world. But it's like, it's not, it's not like that. I mean, listen, I poke fun at shit. I have fun with shit. You know, like all the stuff, you know, with the vegetarian and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> it's like, it, it, you, you gotta fucking, you, you gotta break balls. You gotta have fun. You gotta make light. You gotta, I, I mean, the thing about the, the shit talking is I shit talk. I make fun of myself the most. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, and and it, it it is what it is. You know what I mean. Like it's 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 hard enough being on the bubble, whether or not your show is going to be picked up for the fourth season or not. <laughs> but you're so used to that; it's crazy. I'm, not I'm, I am used to it, but I resent it. I I resent it. I don't mm. like it. I resent it. I have resentment for the process because they they know, and and it it has, you know, there hasn't been a proper. You know, it might not be a bad idea. I wonder would people participate in it, but it would be an interesting mini doc mm. about the cancellation or pickup of a show and how yeah. it works because people don't know. They, they don't. think it's, it has so much to do with dollars and cents. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much more to it that they keep quiet. And in this day and age of sort of transparency, we, we, you know, we, we, we find so much out about our celebrities. We find so much yeah. out about our politicians. We find so much about the inner workings of things because there's yeah. so many fucking, you know, different, you know, outlets and all that shit. It would yeah. be an interesting thing for fans to understand the comings and goings, the workings of why a show gets picked up or why it doesn't. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with the popularity most of the time. Yeah. It has to do with dollars and cents of... Uh, mm. uh, uh, above the line shit that they keep a secret it's like a hollywood secret because i love white famous too they jerked that show too that, that was a great show fuck man. it i love that show it's a great show great fucking and show so i'm on the outside as a fan I'm like what happened to the show You're like oh it's it's hard to so if we knew the behind the scenes it, 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 the fans deserve it though because yeah. you know fans invest their time like, where's my show it's gone now where's my show yeah. Where's my fucking show? You know, yeah. and 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 you know, and and the 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 not just the actors and the crew, they deserve like a real understanding. It shouldn't yeah. be like just you're canceled. I mean, but that is life. Yeah. You know, you know, it's sometimes it's like because I said so. You know, parents sometimes <laughs> say to kids because I said so, which is kind of like now you you you're not supposed to, you're supposed to explain it. Is a kid because I said so. Yeah. Because I'm the fucking dad, yeah. and you're the kid, and you go the fuck in your fucking room. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds mean. Like this is what life yeah. is. So yeah. sometimes they cancel your show and you go, well, why did you cancel my Because we said so, motherfucker. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> why did I lose my job? Because it's just, this is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, I could complain about it, but like this is going to that thing. It's like life isn't always a fucking bowl of cherries or yeah. box of chocolates, yeah. forest. Mm -hmm. You've had such, I'm looking at, I, on the wall behind Mike, I have all these movies with Mosem. He's had such a fucking long career. How long have we been recording so far? Not just long, check, dude. just check. I'm just asking you. People, I love, just to, asking. people love to talk. Can, 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 but can, I, can we just say this? Bef like 30 minutes. Okay, dude. can you just say this? Can I, can, I, can I say this? That next week, um, do you have a, a, a connection to the. Because I just want to say this. Next week, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm yeah, performing, doing stand up. A lot of people in Philly, man. A lot of people come do, out. do people that listen to the One Life, One Chance yes. podcast. Yes. They, they, they fuck they, with you and they're from Philly. Yes. Okay, because I'm going to be in Philadelphia the 12th, 13th, and 14th. Okay. 
in Philadelphia, and I have yeah. a question. And and then I'm going to be in Baltimore the 15th. Got people out there, too. I'm doing stand-up comedy the 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia. And then I'm going to be at a place called Magoobies in Baltimore, Sunday the 15th. Sick. Okay. And then the 27th, 28th, 29th at Laugh Boston. So 12th, 13th, 14th Philly, Sunday the 15th in, in Baltimore. And then and, and Magoobies. Isn't it fun to say Magoobies? Magoobies is really interesting. And then Laugh Boston, the 27th, 28th, 29th. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. But I wanted to ask you a question, okay, uh, while I'm plugging my stuff. Um, if I'm in Philadelphia next week, what would Toby Morse do in Philadelphia? And I'm going to be there the 12th, 13th, and 14th at Helium, Philadelphia. Long love and adoration for the city of Philadelphia, yeah. going back to Rocky, Paulie, yeah, stairs, Mickey, Adrian's uh, uh, Red Hat. But if you, Toby Morse, were going to have be in Philadelphia and, and you were going to have a cheesesteak, what do you do with your vegetarian bullshit? You can go to Blackbird Pizza. Which and get got, what? A, a, a tofu ch Philadelphia yeah, cheesesteak? Like a vegan Philly cheesesteak. What's they it called? Really Blackbird Pizza. And, and where is this? Philadelphia. And you've been there? Yeah, man. What's it called? Blackbird Pizza. Blackbird Pizza. Mm -hmm. I will be at Blackbird Pizza <laughs> either uh, uh, the day of my shows or before my shows. And I will be Instagramming live. Yeah. What is it? What is it called? Blackbird Pizza. The fillet, the tofu. Yeah, Philly, yeah, it's Philly cheesesteak vegan. Dope. So you need to get the Happy Cow app because I will tell you any city you Google vegan, it comes everything up. So, but that's the move. Okay. Okay. But if 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 any of your people, MichaelRapportComedy.com, come see me in Philadelphia, Baltimore, Be More, Boston. Never been there either to perform. Mm. Boston's you, great. Too. I got a lot of friends out there too. Yeah, Boston's you got peoples great. in Boston everywhere, bro. East Coast. Yeah. All right. So you have to brag right, so, about it. All right. So here's a question Jesus for you. Christ. So listen, East Coast. So after Zebrahead, weren't right? you born in Baltimore? I was born. In, I was born in uh, Taunton, Mass. Massachusetts. Taunton, Mass. I thought yeah. you were from Baltimore. No, dude. I was born in Taunton, Mass. Who was Mass. the real? Are you like a fucking Fed? No. <laughs> Are you like what's your real fucking deal, man? Born in Taunton, Mass. Moved to Newport, Rhode Island. Moved to Maryland. Moved to New York. All right. All right. All right so listen. Do you quit your job after Zebrahead and like, yo, I'm going to be yes. an actor? I, I quit my job. Yes. Damn. What you I quit my I quit my job after. I think I quit my job after. I quit my job after. Yeah, I quit my job after Zebrahead because I made I made like $13,000 or $19,000 wow. or $12,000. Like thir a lot thirteen. Yeah, I mean, I made $13,000. I think I think I grossed $19,000. So then <laughs> you the tax, I made like $13,000. Yeah, like, fuck it. I'm rich. Yeah. I'm 21 years old. No, but I mean, I I lived in a $350 apartment. Sick. I, 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 I had a used car, my mom's used car. I'm rich. In my head, no. But I was always very conservative with my money. Yeah, smart. I think I had quit a little bit before that after China Beach because I had, you know, I got like I got in China Beach, and I was doing stand up. So like my my overhead was so low. Yeah. So I think I think I needed to make a thousand dollars a month to live. Holy shit. And and again, I've always been a sort of, you know, I, I spend a little bit more money now, but I've always been very conservative. I don't like fancy Frugal. things. Frugal. Yeah. Is that a Jewish joke? No, it's just no. I just I just threw it out there because um, I I didn't know if he, like it was like a shot at no, me being Jewish. Yeah, I'm, just, okay. I'm just fucking with you. What, what was your last? See, I, what was your last job, rap? Shit, man. It was it was it was being a messenger. My last damn job. Ever. Yeah. Ninety what was that? Ninety. It's ninety one. Ninety. It was like ninety ninety one. Damn, dude, it's amazing, man. 
being a mess. I've been a professional actor for 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 that long. Yeah. And I and trust me, there's not a day that goes by that I don't fucking literally I can't believe that I do this shit. And you kind of reinvented yourself throughout your career yes. too, just like social media with now the stand up, yep. with directing, with the tribe documentary, which is yep. amazing, with um writing, with your yep. fucking book. It's really cool like how you do your whole career with longevity, you know what I mean? It's pretty amazing. You got to, man. Yeah. Your dog, I think, farted on me. Sorry. And then recently... Uh, you say sorry, but I'm smell, it smells like shit over here, my man. You thought that place smelled like shit, too. Um, we were just in a vegetarian place. I'm not going to say what. And and you can't tell me... Like, listen, the food... They, they, they had all their meatloaf quinoa. <laughs> just call it quinoa stuffed together to look like meatloaf. True. Don't call it meatloaf. Yeah. And then the ingredients are quinoa. Call it quinoa to look like meatloaf. Yeah. This is what I resent. This is why I have to have a a sense of humor with the vegetarians. It ain't meatloaf. It's quinoa that you've figured out a way to make look like meatloaf. But this place, and I'm not going to name the name because I would never disparage them because there's ball breaking and then there's being a prick. Yeah. It was so pungent of 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 wheatgrass. I had to step outside while 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 I was getting my coffee. Yeah. It was just it was just a wheatgrass like if you if you had like you know like um. Like um, uh, incense. Yeah, it was like the wheatgrass s- flavor of incense. It was bad. T- too much. But like we- it, it hurt my like my nose. But you're pretty open minded to vegan food, though. Yes, my wife is is plant based. I I know that inevitably. I think I should become seventy five percent plant based. I don't think I'll ever give up completely. But I I think with all my health issues and there is a bunch, and my just my inflammation. And my snottiness, and I have ulcerative colitis, and I know the ulcerative colitis, you probably have a bunch of very caring, thoughtful, sweet fans that are going to start sending all these recommendations. I understand all that stuff. I've struggled with it since I'm 17 years old. I shit in public. Toby has... has I fucking uh, witnessed it, man. I mean, you didn't actually watch me, no, but you've but seen me. I mean, I... I, I know I, what's up. I, 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 I you know, I, I, I total, <laughs> total respect for... I, but again, you have to... Be, like, the thing that I, I don't like about some vegetarian people is like, you have to be able to, like, you have to be, like, it's not meatloaf, bro. No, I know. That's a little, that's a little much. Just call it quinoa. And uh, then, and then I'll never forget, like, when you, when I, we, I kind of did a challenge, I could go challenge to go vegan. All of a sudden, all in your DMs was all these vegans and vegans and vegans. And sometimes they're like, they're too much. And they push people away like you, who is a meat, meat eater, trying to be open-minded to change his diet. But they, they're forcing it. I'm like, and, 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 and the, just shut up. Shut alone. up! I know. Shut the fuck up! Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully vegetarian. I, I, I get that. I, I understand it. I've researched it. I've looked at I it. I watched the documentaries. I know. Uh, to nauseum. You've made me watch these documentaries. It, nauseum. I Listen know. to this podcast. Nauseum. I went to the fucking pig vigil. Let's get to that. I took fine. My, so after all, let's these, get to the pig vigil. I, let's talk about what went wrong at the pig no, vigil. First, first and foremost, I've been. Mike's been breaking my balls for over many, many years about veganism, whatever, whatever. He finally fucking comes to the pig vigil, which was the biggest moment of my friendship. It may sound emo, but this motherfucker said he's going to come to the pig vigil. We're going to feed these pigs before they get slaughtered. Um, Where's it, the pig vigil? Where it's were downtown we? at Farmer John's. They right. kill like 10,000 pigs a night and turn them into um, L.A. Dodger dogs. It's heavy. Not just L.A. Dodger dogs. I mean, fucking Everything. Farmer John's. Is, I mean, but you said... Sausages, everything, man. Yeah, uh, bacon. Yeah, fucking. Uh, uh, I mean, all sorts of shit. So this particular day, and people listening who have been to this pig vigil, it doesn't smell like so bad. This day, it smelled really bad. Like the fact you no, even but breathe. it's not the pigs. That we it's way downtown L.A. Yeah, facts. And 
It had nothing, the, the smell had nothing to do with the pigs, nothing to do with Farmer John's or the slaughterhouse. Apparently, there's a leather factory. Yes. In this neighborhood. Skin. And we were, we were outside and, and the smell, you could smell it coming down there. And again, it has nothing to do with the pigs. It's such a potent, pungent, obnoxious, visceral smell. And it was in the air and it wouldn't go Big. away. And for some reason, uh, I, and I kept saying, like, people were like, what the fuck? I mean, it had it, it, the, the fact that you're sort of scared and nervous what you're going to see with the pigs and this smell. And you're like, what is it? And then they're like, it's this factor. I mean, but it's like, it's not just like this dog farting on me. It just was in the air. Yeah. And it's in the back of your throat, and it wouldn't go away. And for some reason, when we were at this pig vigil, um, there wasn't as many trucks as normal. So we're standing yeah. out there. It's getting cold. It stinks like fucking holy hell. And 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 I and I'll be honest. When the trucks finally came, and we waited about two hours for the first truck, I was so nauseous from the smell. I know. My takeaway from that night, that smell overshadowed in my memory. What I saw with the pigs, which was very upsetting and just eye-opening and sort of frustrating and just interesting. And, you know, it was very interesting to see that and to see, you know, the, your reaction to it and to see your, meaning me, my reaction, the yeah. people's reaction to it and, and the reality of it. And I think it's an interesting thing whether you're a meat eater or not, you know, to, to go see it. I, I, I was very uh, glad that I went to go see it. But the smell... Again, that had nothing to do with the slaughterhouse was just brutal. It was brutal, man. And I felt bad because Mike finally came. Usually there's tons of trucks. Since then, I've been a million times. It doesn't stink. There's fucking like 60 trucks in 30 minutes now. There's so many trucks. But besides that, I also felt bad because it was Mike's first time there. You're not trying to talk to Everybody's trying to get pictures. They're trying to interview us and ask questions. But it's like, yo, let Mike, I'm at the pig vigil. I know. That might just like. Dealing he, with my nose smell. I think it was shocked to see Rappaport at a pig vigil from all the people known from social media breaking balls and posting meat and all this shit. So like, what the fuck? He's almost like an alien that showed up there. So they're like, yo, let's, let's do an interview. Let's do this. It's like, yo, I'm just trying to fucking breathe, first of all. And, and then, you didn't hold me down. You didn't tell these people to fuck off from me. <laughs> Why didn't you tell them to fuck off from me? Listen, and so by the time the truck came, it's been too long waiting, and, and the air is so thick and it's fucking oh, gross. It was my nose hurt. So now I know Mike would never go back, and it sucks because I've been back there a bunch of times, and it's not that bad. You know, what I mean, it's, it's just. But when you were there again, it hasn't smelled. I swear, no, it wasn't like that at all, dude. I swear to God, man. All right, Toby. Um, what, what was it like working? Do you have any memories of working with uh, Tupac and Poetic Justice? Because I've seen photos you post in the past. Because he was just coming up. He wasn't a gangster. This was before. Was it before Juice? He, no, it was after Juice. Okay, maybe he was on the verge of like he started. He started getting into incidents, yeah, and stuff, rebellious but, shit. You know, I was so Im the way I heard about Tupac. My first agent also represented Jada Pinkett. Awesome. I uh, went to my agent's office. I met Jada there. This is before Jada was Jada Pinkett. Sick. We hit it off. She was East Coast. Oh yeah, that's right. Baltimore. You know, I was New York. We were both excited. We were both going to conquer Hollywood and all that shit. I actually took her to her first audition that she got for some TV show. We became friends. She told me, uh, she said, my friend Tupac, mm -hmm. I went to school and he's going to be a big star. He's going to be a rapper and an actor. And I remember thinking, fuck kind of name is Tupac? And nobody <laughs> raps and acts. You're either an actor or a rapper. True. But she was like, he's going to be a big star. Damn. 
she 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 showed me a videotape of her that was actually in that great Tupac documentary of her and him at a uh, 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 at a affair, a like one of those carnivals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Singing Parents Just Don't Understand in one of those karaoke booths. Oh, shit. So that's the first time I saw this person named Tupac. Okay. And then I heard him on Digital Underground, and I was like, he's talented, he's dope. Yeah. And then I heard his first record, Tupacalypse Now. Uh, right. uh, 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 they got me trapped. And I was like, this guy's dope. But when I saw him in Juice, like I was like, that was like some Robert De Niro Mean Street shit. Mm. He was so good in Juice. And I was already impressed with like his first album was good. It yeah. wasn't great, great, great. There were some dope songs on it. But he was, you knew he was like, this is a special charisma. Yeah. But when I saw him in Juice, I was like, this motherfucker's really talented. Very special. And I was very impressed with that. When... Poetic Justice came around, which is John Singleton, the late, great John yes. Singleton, who directed Boys in the Hood, which everybody was just uh, so taken by. Yeah. John uh, saw Zebrahead. He was so complimentary of that. I was obviously like, yeah, that fucking guy did Boys in the Hood. Like, you know, he, he said, you know, uh, come, come read for this part in, in, in Poetic Justice. No, come meet me. And I was like, I want to be in the movie. He's like, there's nothing for you, man, but we're going to do something. We're going to do something someday. And I was like, I'll do anything. He goes, you know, there's this little little thing, but I don't even think it's good enough for you. I said, I'll do it. He goes, it's 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 like a few lines. It's it's you at the post office with Tupac. Yeah. I was like, all right, bet. Doc workers, right? I, so I went yeah. to the fucking, you know, set. I was just, I wanted to work with Tupac. Like I wanted to, I just wanted to just, you know, be on that set. I yeah. wanted to you know, uh, uh, work with John Singleton. I wanted to be in this, the excitement of this movie with Janet Jackson, when Janet Jackson was banging, popping. So sick, yeah. With Tupac, with Regina King, you know, with the director of Boys in Hood. And I did this scene. It was about four hours of work. Tupac was real cool, very, you know, kind of quiet. Um, you know, got a kick out of what I was doing. You know, he knew who I was. He had seen Zebrahead. But it was like, you know, he was. it was just too dudes and shit and 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 um you know but 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 you know i saw him a few more times before he passed i was at the saturday night live that he did after he gotten out of jail when he was with death row i saw yeah. him there and you know i'd see him around and all that stuff but you just knew that he was special like i knew he was special you knew yeah. he was talented you 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 know it was like lightning in a bottle for for him to do and make the impact that he made at 25 and it wasn't a facade it wasn't any sort of myth it's like this guy was lightning in a bottle and, yeah. and, 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 you know, and he, he seized every single moment of his creative life and his creative output. And, 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 uh, you know, is a fucking game changer. I mean, he's a fucking game changer, Tupac. Yeah. So you, you obviously didn't know that these things were going to play out they, where they were, but you knew he was special. Like I knew he was special, uh, but I was introduced to the name Tupac. <clears throat> yeah. And I remember being like, fucking Tupac who the fucking Tupac who's that fucking he's oh he's gonna act yeah. and and rap because at the time no one acted and rapped yeah before Ice Cube and mm. you know really did it well yeah. you know other actors uh, other rappers had, had acted you was know Will Ice Smith T Fresh Prince at that time he probably was yeah but I didn't think he was a, like I, I mean she said he's gonna be a star as yeah, a rapper yeah, yeah. as an actor and I was like yeah right right you know but she yeah. knew he was special and and uh the whole and, fucking and, world knows him yep yeah. Yeah, she yep, yep. And then um <laughs> the true true romance, obviously my favorite movie. 
Um, sometimes you say that me and my wife think that we're really Clarence. You think you are the actual? There, you know, there's somebody on uh, uh, on social media with the tag Clarence Worley. Really? Are you jealous of that? No, maybe yeah. But you're so, not the real fucking Clarence. I am the real Dick Ritchie. Okay, sure. and that's just the fucking way it is, Toby. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the <laughs> so the first time I met Mike Rapp, we were jaywalking, crossing the street on Sunset Boulevard to go to some movie. I don't know the fuck it was. It was something at the Fonda Theater. LL Cool J was performing. Okay. And so we're both jaywalking, and then the cops are there, and the cops fucking pull us to the side. I, I Give us a jaywalking ticket. Yeah. And so Mike's, like, yelling at these cops. Like, he's as fucking loud as fuck with these cops. Like, what the fuck, blah, blah. And they knew who he was, obviously. And I'm going to stand there like, fuck. I think we both get tickets. I got a jaywalking ticket. That was some bullshit. Yeah, and then so I, I said, what's up? Obviously, I knew him from True Romance. And then um, it's the first time I ever met rap. But um, yeah, True Romance, man. Dick Ritchie and that whole fucking movie. I, I feel like it, it became way, way bigger in the past 10, 20, 10, 15, 20 years. When it came out, it wasn't massive, right? No. It's a cult classic now. It wasn't but. a huge hit. You know, the way that movie came about was, you know, Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs, Natural Born Killers had yeah. been coming out. Um, I think True Romance is before B Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But you knew Pulp Fiction was coming. There was such excitement on, you know, Natural Born Killers and Juliette Lewis and 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 Brad and 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 that film and totally. You know, the Pulp Fiction script had been around, and you know the the follow up script. There's oh, there's this script by the guy who wrote Reservoir Dogs and. You know, all all the casting directors, I mean, all the agents had the script, and I, I read the yeah. script, and I was like, oh, this is fucking, it's a great script. So sick. The way you re it read was really good. And, um, you know, uh, uh, everybody was going in for all the different parts, and, you know, I like I said earlier, I got the audition to play one of the mobsters, and I got cast so, as one of the mobsters. Yeah, it's crazy. And, 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 and I remember, you know, I'd go in, like, you know, they'd have you audition once, and you'd come back two weeks later, you audition again, and... Every time I go in there, the the cat, they, you know, in casting director's office, they'd have pictures of who got what part. So every time I go in there, there'd be more pictures. Let's say I went in there like four times. So first it was Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette, I had only known her. She hadn't done much. The thing yeah. I had seen her from was the Sean Penn directed film Indian Runner with Vigo Mortensen, which broke shit. Vigo Mortensen. She had a little part, but she was great in it. I knew the name Arquette from her sister. Yeah. And 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 I was like, oh, that's cool, you know. And like, I saw Christian Slater, and he was a big star at totally. the time, you know. And I think it was like Christian Slater was on the wall, Patricia Arquette, and then you'd go back and 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 I, the next time be Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Val Kilmer, he's playing Elvis. Oh shit, okay. Damn. And then Christian Slater, Val Kilmer, uh, 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 Christopher Walken, and 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 Gary Oldman. So I was like, oh shit, because I had wanted Damn. to play Drexel. I wanted to. Play, I, I was too young, but I wanted to play because that was my shit. Yeah, you know all that, like you know, like that street shit. That was yeah. like my shit. Like that's the part I wanted to play. I think I might have auditioned for Drexel. Damn, that would um, been so different if it was you. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have been as mean, and 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 and. Gary Oldman killed it. I was too young. Yeah, he was great. You yeah. know, and I would have been almost like, mm. I, 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 I wanted to play Drexel. <laughs> you know, because I just was like, you know, this white boy day and like, you know, like this white, they, like they were like, it's a white dude who acts and sounds black. I was like, this is my shit. Totally. But they were, I was like, whatever. I, I was just happy to be a part of it. Like, so I tried out for, I tried out for nickels and dimes. Oh shit. The Sean Penn. Um, I mean, the, sorry, the, the late great Chris Penn, Tom Sizemore. 
Mm. I auditioned for that part too. Okay. So they had me auditioning for all these. I, I auditioned for that part. Too young for that. Wasn't heavy, like big enough. I wasn't old enough. I didn't have the weight. Like I wasn't mean enough. Like those two guys were like tough, tough guys, heavies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never really got the the gangster part. I can't remember the name of the part. And then, like I said, you know, I got called in for Dick Ritchie, and I was like, "This is the part. This is the part I'm going to be in True Ones." Like I was like, I knew this is who I am. This is yeah. who I am at the time. I had that earnestness. I had that hunger to get the part. Yeah. And me getting the part as Dick Ritchie was the same. Like when I got that part, man, it was like the, the real thing. It was like the real character. Yeah. And, you know, we had so much fun on that set. I was so excited to be there. James Gandolfini, who had never done anything, was That's a insane. fucking nervous wreck. Wow. I would go to the set just to watch them shoot other scenes. <coughs> I, I drove Christian Slater crazy <laughs> because I didn't know how to act off camera. Uh. There's a certain way you're supposed to deliver your lines off camera. I would be making up lines, and he was like, just read the fucking lines. And, of course, I'm, like, embarrassed, and I'm like, yo, don't talk to me that way. And he was like, I'm sorry, but you got to just say your lines. You're confusing me. And I still didn't know what he meant. Mm. I thought he was just being an asshole. He was right. I was wrong. Uh -huh. I didn't know. Like, off camera, like, you don't go out of sequence. You don't improv off camera. Okay. You, you, you improv when you're on camera. But you feed the actor who's on camera their lines. I didn't know this. Bronson Pinchot, too. They were like, fucking, just say the lines. I, I didn't know. I'm thinking I'm doing this crazy shit. And I'm just this free-flowing shit. But I remember P Christian Slater was pissed off at me. And, and I, I didn't go, I didn't know. I was just like, fuck you, man. Like, what the fuck are you talking? You know, and like, I was you like. an attitude yeah. like a New York edge Yeah, yeah but, I, but I also knew he was Christian Slater. He was a star. But I was like, yo, <laughs> you know, what's the problem? Like, and he was like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, you just. Say the lines, you know, just say them the way they're written when you're off camera. And I was like, yeah. yeah, all right, this guy's a fucking dick. I was just, I didn't know. The thing about being an actor on, on a movie set, like, they'll cast people. There's basic fundamental things about being on a set. When you get there, they don't explain it. It's a professional movie set. Yeah. Yeah. They don't tell you these things like I just said. They don't tell yeah. you hit your mark. You know, when you don't hit your mark, it affects the camera guy, which affects the cinematographer, which affects the other act. They don't explain this shit to you. So I'm figuring, yeah. and although I had done a few things, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But I remember Christian, particularly at the amusement park, we got we we got into it. I pissed him off. And then before we did the roller coaster scene. I was like, yo, man, what the fuck? And he was like, you know, you got to just say your fucking lines correctly. Because I, I, I confronted him thinking I'm being like this fucking, you know, straightforward New York guy. And he was like, yo, you're not doing this shit right. You're fucking me up. And 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 in, I I, to, I didn't understand why he was upset until when I look back on it, I know why he was frustrated with me. Was he gassed or anything? Or no, he just... nah, it was he was right. Yeah, he was fucking right. Just say your fucking lines, man. Mm -hmm. Say your yeah. fucking lines. Don't improv off camera. You're off camera. This is my close up. Mm. This is my time. You're you you cannot even be here. Just shut the fuck up. Say your lines correctly because he didn't talk to me like that, but that's what he meant. Like, yo, you're fucking me up. Yeah. And then we did the, the roller coaster scene, which I told you before, like, I got fucking violently ill, scared to death. You I don't I don't like roller coasters. Crying, vomiting. Um, in the in the car ride, the van I remember being in the van with with Patricia Arquette on the way home. They were driving us back to Hollywood because it was at Magic Mountain. You know, they shuttled us out there. I believe we parked our cars at, at Warner Brothers. 
literally thinking I'm going to die. I was so nauseous. Damn. Tony Scott thought it was the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> and he was like, you have to be you know, happy. Dick Ritchie likes roller coasters. I was like, well, Michael Rapport don't like fucking roller coasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, out of all the scenes in True Romance, the only thing we had to reshoot was the roller coaster scene at Magic Mountain and I had to go back but that time they gave me like Valium or some, some kind shit. of drug because yeah, yeah. if you look at the, cl- the, the, the the scene very closely the roller coaster scene you can see some takes from the the first shoot and some takes for the second shoot and anytime I'm smiling is the first shoot and anytime I'm like you could there's like I'm in the background like it's close on Patricia but you see me in the background like my I'm fucking petrified damn so that was a little tidbit from you know that movie, but like you know, it was it was dope, man. You know, Brad Pitt was a right. you know on a budding star. He wasn't like a super duper star yet, but he was all off of Thelma and Louise, and he was, mm. you know, um, uh, uh, um, what was it on Golden Pond? And he had the you know he just did interview with the vampire oh, yeah. and, and California. Great movie, California. And I had saw California, and and he showed up on the set, and Juliette Lewis, who he was dating at the time. I met them and, you know, I was like, oh, this is cool, man. He's, you know, but they were like cool, like excited to work with me. Like yeah. I was tripping. Like, you know, they were like, yo, we saw your movie and I was bugging off that shit. And we yeah. were all young actors like, you know, let's hang out. Let's be friends, you know. And that's how I met Julia. That's how I met Brad Pitt. You know, we go chill. And, yeah. you know, I remember, uh, uh, um, you know, I, I went to the premiere of uh, Natural Born Killers because it was all kind of the same time. This Quentin Tarantino wave was coming. Yeah. But, you know, at the time, you know, you're a young actor and like, you know, these are like other young actors, you know, like and, and like, you know, as much as you're like, yo, that's that dude from Thelma and Louise, you know, he's like Mike Rapp. What's up? You know, like he's cool. wide eyed as, as well. Yeah. You know, he's not this worldwide star yet. Yeah. You know, you knew he was special and you knew he was going to be big, but he wasn't at that point. And, 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 you know, he was cool and, you know, and that set was you know, like I was there when they shot the Christopher Walken Dennis Hopper scene because I was a fan. Yeah, like I made up some excuse to come to the set that day and I watched that shit. That's sick. You know, Classic like I was scene. on the set. It was in a. It was in, uh, it was a. It was a stage. It wasn't a real location. Okay. I watched that shit with the smoke and, you know, this and Tony Scott. You know, just laughing. You know, and them doing it over and over. I watched the scene with Gandolfini and Patricia Charquette when he was you know hitting her and the all that stuff shit, and the yeah. stunt people and. You know, and and I watched that whole thing, and you know, and and I didn't watch, you know, because it went on. It was like two days they shot with all the stunts and all yeah. that shit. But you know, like I was like fucking excited to be there. I remember like hanging out with Samuel Jackson. I remember right. going into the wardrobe uh, uh, trailer, and Val Kilmer was in there with his fucking Elvis shit. I remember Gary Oldman. You know, I be, I was in the makeup room. He was getting his like a makeup test, and like he was tripping out off the way I talk because I was like, "Yo, yo, what's up, man? How yeah. you doing?" Like I was like. You know, Gary Oldman was dope. He was like in, you know, all those movies and he was in State of Grace. I was like, this is, right. you know, Gary, Gary Oldman and shit like that. And, you know, and he was like, where are you from? You know, he had the British accent. I was like, British dudes playing fucking dry. I didn't know he was British. Oh. All, I, all I knew was you just didn't know as much at the time because it wasn't like now if I was like, I could Google Gary Oldman. Oh, born in London. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't know he's like, you didn't know yeah. like as much about the actors, good or bad or indifferent. You just didn't know, you know, like. But I was a fucking kid in a candy store to do that movie, and I was pumped, and I was just as excited as everybody is to continue to watch the movie. And people yeah. bring up that movie in one uh, way or an- another um, to me now, uh, to this day, and 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 you know, and I take it as a uh, you know as a as a, as a blessing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you? Was that, is this is that the main movie that people come up to you about most? Everything. 
everything and anything. It could be fucking four episodes of Friends. It could be, oh yeah, you know, it Pop, could copy be and Chappelle show. It could be just sports shit. It could be talking shit about LeBron. It could it, people. It's all over the fucking board. Yeah, I, you know, at this point, I, I'm just happy that I'm getting recognized because I've been doing this shit so long. That yeah. you know, it, 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 it's like it's you know, it's it's just I'm lucky to continue to have opportunities. I'm lucky to continue to reinvent myself. I'm lucky to continue to be excited about doing shit. I'm lucky, you know, to to do like you know, stand up and 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 have that outlet to do to do a podcast and have that outlet and 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 you know and to act and 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 to direct and. You know, and to just to, to have that creative outlet, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's all creative outlets for me. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you know James Gandolfini would be a star? Or could you tell, was he shy on set? He was shy on the set. Um, I didn't know he'd be a star. You knew he was a dope actor. Yeah. But you didn't know he'd wind up being Tony Soprano. Because he was just a tough guy in the, in the True Romance. He was just like a gangster. But he was really good though. He yeah. had like a, a thing about him. But you didn't know, you know, like yeah. who would be what and, 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 and you didn't know that, you know, he would get the breaks that he, 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 he had, you know, and, 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 and all the different eclectic roles. You didn't know what he was capable of. I didn't know. Yeah. And, and you didn't know he'd get fucking Tony, Tony Soprano, like James Gandolfini without Tony Soprano. That was a career defining star making yeah. iconic part that if the gentleman was still alive, He'd still be trying to break the stigma of Tony Soprano because it meant so much to us that part. Yeah, and obviously he would have continued doing great work, and he would. But it was it's like almost like uh, Henry Winkler's Fonzie. It's like you can do whatever you want. You're Fonzie does. Yeah, and 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 Gandolfini would have had that. I mean, there could be things worse to deal with as a career, but he we just when we saw Tony S. Man, it struck a fucking chord in all of us, and 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 it's just like, you know, he would have still been like, okay, yeah, I know, I know, but yeah, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, 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 that's not the way it worked out for him, and and you know, he went too 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 soon and too young, and he was a fucking dope actor, man. But yeah, you just didn't know who would be what, and 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 so much of it is opportunity, so much of it is what people think of themselves, and so much so much of it is what you know the breaks they get. Yeah. You know, I mentioned my man Kevin Corrigan. People, some people are like who? You know, and and some people maybe Google him. You've seen him in a hundred films. I yeah. thought Kevin Corrigan would be somebody that everybody knew. Like he'd be like, you know, quintessential. Bronx right? No, he wasn't in Bronx. He's been in tons of shit. Okay. Tons of movies. But you know, he's yet to have that fucking star breaking, uh, star making part. You don't know. You know, you yeah. don't know when I I know his face, I even know the name. Yeah, you know, but but like he's a, an actor friend of mine at the time. You know, Edie Falco. Like I knew she was a dope actress. I saw her in this movie called Laws of Gravity. That's right, I seen that. You know, you didn't know she'd get Carmela. Yeah. Without Carmela, there's no Edie Falco. Yeah. She could just be another actress. Yeah. You know, uh, but she got that opportunity and then she she was ridiculous in that, and then she did Nurse Jackie. That's and right. she may never do another part that that's great. And she might not want to, you know, uh, uh, but, but, but it's so much of it is, is the opportunities. And, 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 you know, there's so many dope actors that don't get that one shot or, you know, they get that shot and they're like, where's this guy been? Motherfucker. Trust me. He's been yeah. wanting that. He's been ready. He didn't just yeah. pop up. You know, you see, yeah. you see these guys, like even Walter White, that fucking actor, he was on, uh, um, that kid, them um, in the middle. 
Uh, and Malcolm in the middle. Yeah, he'll forever be Walter White. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. We, without Walter White, you think that the guy from the guy, the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, you would be like, that guy's gonna do one of the most um, uh, iconic roles, TV and film, forever. You think when he was doing Malcolm in the Middle, nah. he was like, I can't believe I'm running around like a fucking asshole playing this goofy yeah. dad. I have so much more to offer. I'm never gonna get to do it. I know I could do so much more. Yeah. How did I wind up this being my career? Not that there's anything bad playing Malcolm in the Middle, but it was the dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. You never know. You never know that 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 writer of 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 Breaking Bad is gonna know that guy has something special, and 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 that guy's gonna do something beyond what we think he can do. Yeah. And 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 uh, you know, it's just breaks and opportunities. So many, so much of it is breaks and opportunities, and that's the perfect example because that motherfucker was the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, Facts, yeah. and then he didn't do shit, and then somebody else was like, nah. This motherfucker's special. Yeah. And he wound up playing the person like, I'm the one who, uh, you, you, I come knocking at your door. You didn't know Forever. he had that in him. Would you want to, would you want something like that to where? <laughs> of course could, we all would. Because you've maintained all the different roles you you you, 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 you would want something that takes you to that, like where, yo, you've done a lot of good shit, but this. Yeah. You'd want something that pushes you, that pushes the fans' interpretation of you. Of course, you. everybody wants that. You strive for that still to get that yeah, role? Yeah, but you just can't. Live for it. No, I know. I know you but, don't. But, but when I say can't live for it, you can't. The blessing and the excitement about, you know, doing my own podcast, doing the sports shit, yeah. doing the shit talking, doing the stand-up comedy, is it takes away that urgency and that neediness that actors have that is the worst quality of an actor. The mm. vulnerability... Yeah, and 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 the neediness and the vulnerable, the 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 waiting and the fucking, it's it's it takes away from it because you're the the beauty of stand up. And did I mention I'm in Philly next week? Yeah, I said it once. Philly, Baltimore, next week. Boston, Boston, and tickets are available. MichaelRapportComedy.com. Uh, Philly, the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th in Baltimore, Boston, 27th, 28th, 29th. All um, my people go out and see rap, man. MichaelRapportComedy.com. But but the but the, the I love your stand up, man. Thank you. The 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 excitement of 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 having those things is, you know, uh um there's such an immediacy. There's no waiting around. There's no uh uh, uh gonna find out if you're gonna get picked up. There's no gonna find out what's gonna be your next acting job. There's none of that. It's are you gonna tear it up tonight? Yeah, that's what I like about it. With the audience, rough, rugged, and raw. It's real. And some nights it's perfection. And some nights it don't go his way exactly the Have way you bombed? want. It. I yet? haven't bombed. I've had nights where I've done better. I've had nights where the crowd's more responsive. I had a couple of couple of shows on the road where, you know, I let the crowd get. It, it, mm. it, they're not heckles. They're just. There was one. There was one show in Sacramento. I feel like it was my worst show because it was. A, it was somebody who was excited to see me, and it was a fan, and he was like, "Talk about this. Talk about that." And I and I, I told him in the beginning to chill. Then I told him again, chill. Then I started fucking with him, tuned him up. Okay. You know. So all oh, your focus went on him. For a I, bit. I tuned him up. Yeah. Made people laugh at him. Made people laugh at his friend. Like yo, like I got Check this. Him. And, and and then he he was so drunk. Like I, I realize this when you're doing stand up comedy, 
if 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 somebody's pop and, and it hasn't been any heckling. Yeah. It's been fans. But it's my show. And if I give if, if 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 you won't shut the fuck up, whether you're there to disrupt me or you're there as a fan, inevitably it's my job to make you shut the fuck up. And if 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 being nice, like yo, I, I'm 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 gonna answer questions at the end. That doesn't work. And then if me snapping on you doesn't work, I have to go, my man. I know you're a fan. You're drunk out of your fucking mind. I'm a, I'm gonna pay your bill. Get the fuck out of here. He's gonna be like, no, nah, dude. I'm like, yo, you're because this dude in Sacramento, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. And the people around him were looking at me like, make this. He's gotta go. Damn. And then other people were like, he's gotta shut the fuck up. And they because to come see you, because I knew he was a fan, I I let it slide. But I should have been like, Duke, you gotta go. I know you're a fan. You're fucked up. You're on that brown, Duke. Mm -hmm. You're on that fucking brown liquor. You're not. You're not listening. You're not even feeling the fact that I've embarrassed you. I've talked shit to you. You're not yeah. feeling the fact that people around you have said shut the fuck up. Yeah. I've told you, and and it's my responsibility. Like, yo, Duke, get the fuck out. Yeah. Fan or not a fan, and and that's the one disrupting your show. That's the one show that I I I, I learned a lesson. Like, even if it's good natured. The rest of the people are not fucking blind drunk. And, and, and you know, at a certain point, like, as a comedian, when you're up there, if I pop shit and, and, and sort of put you in your, to let you know, like, I got this, mm -hmm. and you don't respond, that means you're not, because normal people will respond in embarrassment. Totally. Or being snapped on or letting you know, like, yo, I'm, I'm the ringleader. It's a one-man yeah, show. This show. Ain't a, we're not in church. We're yeah. not in synagogue. This ain't a call and response. I'm not the pastor. I'm not the, the bishop. Yeah. We're not doing that. You're not catching the Holy Spirit. You're going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ten yeah. minutes I'll give you to, to get settled, and then I got to say you got to go. Yeah. And and But that's been the only one show where I was like, fuck, man. I, I didn't. And it's just experience because I was, try, I was being too nice. Yeah. But I should have said you got to go because you're fucking it up for everybody else because yeah. you won't shut your fucking dung hole. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about this the other day, like you're doing new material. It's like, it's like a band playing a new song, like going out there and trying new things out. Like you've been touring, you've been on the road a lot. Like you're almost in a, you're almost like a, in a band. I mean, traveling so much, man, doing stand up. I like it. I like yeah. it. I don't like the planes. You know, we talk about this all the yeah, time. And, and it's not even like, I don't have no problem. Like I'm not fearful of traveling. It's just the airports. It's, 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 it's just planes, man. Pre-check and all that. Pre-check, TSA, clear. You know, getting on planes, hotel rooms, are the pillows going to be right? Mm -hmm. I'm a picky bitch, and, and, and I want everything to be, you know, uh, 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 I, that I don't like. Away from your comfort zone. Away from I'm home. not into, like, what channels do they have on the fucking hotel thing? Where can I eat? Yeah. You know, how many fucking times do I got to go to Jersey Mike's? Do mm -hmm. I got to go to Jersey Mike's in every city? <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't want to go to Jersey Mike's. That's why when I'm in Philly, I'm going to where? Blackbird Pizza. Blackbird Pizza. Yeah, you uh, get that the happy cow app. I'm get that that happy cow app, um, um, because when I I feel like when you're on the road, it is best to be vegetarian and vegan because you know that Jersey Mike's and that motherfucking Applebee's that shit is brutal. Yeah, well, uh, here's another thing I want to say. Um, how long have we been doing this, Toby? Dude, we're killing it. It's going. Great. I know, but I I, I mean we're I, gonna have to do a part one, and part two. Then it's, it's we, we could be. do a part two, but that's gonna happen like 2021. Okay, so this is to me actually more real quick. So people think because like. We're friends, and you're on the H Tour records, H Tour videos that you like punk rock. You don't, you don't give a fuck about punk rock. I took you to see the Bad Brains. You were like, "What the fuck is this?" You went to an H Tour show, you did a stage dive. That was cool, but this is not your scene. You, 
I, I, I lived in New York City. You lived in New York City. You never went to CBGBs. You never fucked with any of that. Not at all. Yeah, it's well, two it, separate worlds. It's two separate worlds. But at the, So my question to you is, when you became, when you were... Um, Injected into the hardcore scene via you? Via me. And you don't I didn't even know this was a real thing. I saw John perform. Yeah. I saw you perform. Yeah. I saw Bad Brains. This is the, the pinnacle, right? This Pinnacles. is the run DMC of, hip of, yes. of hardcore. Yes. I, 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 I respect John Joseph. I respect you. <laughs> What's his name? HR, TR? HR. <laughs> HR. Ian McKay, Minor Threat. You know, I've, I've seen other shows. I saw your other guys. With the at that one place, I saw a bunch of you guys. Yeah. This is not music for me. Yeah. I respect the culture. I, ex I respect the scene. I know that it's, but you, but yeah. it's just like it's just like, it's just like, um, Coldplay. Now it's different because it, it, it's just like Coldplay's not a good example. It's just like Metallica. It's just like okay, I know people like Metallica. You don't fuck with Metallica. yeah, I don't fuck with Metallica. I saw the Metallica documentary. I think these guys are fascinating people. I know they're stupidly prolific. Yes, I don't ever want to hear a Metallica song. Ever, it's similar to some of the young hip hop. It's you. Some music either resonates with you or not. Punk rock, and I've heard a lot. You've have. I've tried. They're very open minded to it. I've tried. It's yeah. just not for me. That doesn't mean I don't. It's just not for me. It doesn't mean you don't respect the culture. It doesn't mean you don't respect the people. It doesn't mean you can't be friends with the people. Just like this music doesn't resonate with me. You, you know, my father. I grew up in a house. My father played all kind of music, but his favorite kind of music is classical music. Yeah. I can't stand fucking classic. Now, there's some classical music because I'm so uh, uh, surprisingly familiar with it. Yeah. Because my father, that's all he's played the majority of my life. There's some sort of, uh, there's some piano sonatas that I, like they're very sort of relaxing. I like them. Yeah. But in general, I don't want to, my father, like, listen to this Beethoven. I go, Dad, I, 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 I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't, this Chopin movement, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I don't care. I like my hip hop. I like my soul. I like my reggae. I like my fucking blues. I like my classic rock. And that's it, Toby. But your dad exposed you to music for being the DJ on the radio station, right? The disco? That station? All of it. He opened up. He's the one that got you into music early. Yeah, but I mean, you know, my parents loved music, but like my father was the, he wasn't the DJ. He was the, 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 the program manager. Yeah. He was the general manager yeah. of In New York. WKTU. WKTU Mellow 92, which inevitably yeah. became WKTU Disco so. 92, which is now K-Rock. Oh shit! Which you know, ninety two point three was the, the the call letters for ninety two point three W ninety two point three WKTU. Interesting. Um, and and yeah, so all that music was around me. I know you're trying to trick me because we've been doing this for. I know you're trying to. I know you're trying to trick me because we've been doing this for. I'm not tricking. We just have a conversation <clears> and it just flows. I know. I know, listen. but we you are trying to trick trick me. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I just have my things I want to talk to you about. But okay, we'll, what we'll, else? We'll have to do a part two after that. Because I, I do, I do have to use the bathroom at some point, and we, we can, it, it, I, I just like how how long does the thing say we've been recording? Just check. Just tell me. Um, I gotta see. Hang on. Just tell me, please. It sucks. You have, you have, you, it's, you're so busy for me. Hang it's on. not busy. It's like how much? I mean, I've given we you can do part one and two. I mean, I give you Christian Slater golden gooses. Hour and twenty. But listen, Rob. Listen, we can do. I, I split these up to part ones and part two. But twos. I told you. I said. I said, Toby. This is this is people people. This has been a long and awaited I know, conversation. I know, I know some of your people are like Mike is so mean. Listen, he's not mean. This is. Do I have to explain it out to you? Some of these people get a steak, have a piece of bologna. Okay. Some of you guys have yourself a fucking piece of prosciutto. 
Go get yourself a piece of red meat. Get some fucking true protein in you. breaking, guys. Nobody, nobody, like, what do you got over there? Like, the fucking powder, some powdered protein? Mm -hmm. Okay, listen, that's not going to get, get, get yourself some fucking, get yourself a nice piece of red meat. He's ball breaking, people. Okay? Chew it up, okay? And spit it out. Get that fucking, get that fucking, that, 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 that fleshy blood protein in your body. This is the different route. I know this some is, of my people that are listening, and I respect these people, but you're depleted protein-wise. You can't I'm just not, fuck bro. with the quinoa and the kale, Duke. It's not going to do it for you. Get yourself, I, I, get yourself Baby, help a me. piece of fucking turkey, some roast beef, nice, uh, like, a, like a light, medium, uh, like, a, like a rare cut of roast beef red with a little blood red, and eat it, and you'll see you feel good. I'm not saying you have to eat you it You don't every feel bad to see the pigs? That didn't I didn't like seeing the pigs. That didn't change your heart of what to eat. No, I didn't because you had ham and things. It did. I did it. I didn't like seeing the pigs. It, it, it didn't it, affect you anyway. Of course, it affected me, spiritually, mentally, or anything. Yeah. The th Listen, it, it affected me. I'm not at a place where I'm ready to take that out of my diet because, yeah. and I'm allowed. It doesn't make me like I. It, it, judging people on what they eat is stupid. Number totally. one, I agree. I've never judged or never been preachy to you, right, Matt? Mm, you, you, I don't think you judge preachy, Toby. What I yeah. don't, what I don't like what you do, Toby. Is like, you're fucking preachy. What, what don't I? What don't you like what I do? Is that I'm your only friend who's a heavily <laughs> tattooed. Straight you're one of my only friends. Period. I, I don't have much. There ain't no crowds around me. People. Some people are probably like, oh shit. <laughs> Some people are like, there's a. a, a like there, there, there ain't no fucking crowds around me. No. Uh, Toby's wife, Moon Moon, hour and twenty minutes. It's nothing. I man. said ten more minutes. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm getting the fuck out of here with so this rap, fucking thing. This is what I'm gonna say to you. Oh, no. Ten hey, more minutes. I'm getting the fuck out of here. It's enough. Rap, this it's what, enough. Rap, this is what I'm gonna say to you is that it's enough. Anytime. Come this, in, Moon. People, people don't have all day. But I split this in one or two parts. I don't give a fuck, man. I'm Moon saying it's enough too. It's enough. Okay, real quick, real quick. An what? hour and tw an hour and twenty minutes. It's like it's longer. It's a feature film. Okay, listen, real quick. I just want to say though, it, it ain't the Irishman, but it's oh, that's not. Okay, listen, rap. One thing I'm gonna say is like that one time you were going off on Morrissey, and then you put me into the mix. I'm like, bro, just because I'm vegan doesn't mean I'm friends with Morrissey. You put you what put, is he a racist? You put me What's in with all problem? the vegans, like, cause I'm the, I'm your token vegan friend. You so. guys are all the same, the vegans. Yeah, but I don't no? know this motherfucker. I don't know this guy. So you put you put me in your beefs, and I have nothing to do with this shit. Like I don't know what what did he what's his problem, Morrissey? Oh, fucking, I don't even keep up on the guy. I don't fucking know. What's, but what is he? What is he known? What is his? What is his deal? He's saying all kinds of shit lately. I I don't even really follow it though. He because he that motherfucker needs to eat some baloney. But my my but my point to you about and the I ain't talking about fakey bakey. He my, needs that 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 stru that raw, r nice piece of baloney, Fre French baloney. Okay, listen. But the two things I want to say about you was one that you don't like punk rock. But you have the most punk rock mentality where you don't give a fuck what anybody thinks at all. I don't like punk rock, <laughs> but, you but, I, but I respect the, I, I, obviously I respect the culture and the mentality and I totally get that. And I understand the correlation between punk and hip hop. And I know that hip hop was derived from some of the things like Bambada and them, and shit. but no, but some of the things they were seeing downtown at those clubs, yeah. you know. And and yeah. the and the 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 leather and the, like that shit like I know some I know that that time in New York caused a lot of creativity, and 
and and punk rock was there before hip hop. And I know that Bambada, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five, and I know these guys were yeah. around that scene because they had moved away from um, just seeing what was going on in the Bronx. And I know it, yeah. it inspired. So I get all that. That don't mean I have to like the music. I think it's fucking loud. Um, I think it all sounds the same. That da 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 da. da. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Well, I don't care if it's uh, 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 here. I'll name brains. I'll name the groups all the groups that I know. <laughs> Bad Brains, Cro-Mags, uh, uh, my guy Tim Armstrong, Ranted, uh, uh, um, 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 my 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 guy, uh, uh, um, my guy, um, um, Hazen Street, of course, Madball, um, um, um. I mean, this is this is more than most people. Yeah. This is more than most people. That's that, through me, though. But again, it's more than most people. I've listened to this. Yeah, yeah. The Ramones, of course. Yes. The OG. Like, yeah. I, I, I get it. It's just not for me. But, but the reason why, you, your mentality of not giving I'm a fuck. I'm being Isaac. You word up. But, 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 my, but your mentality is so punk where you don't give a fuck with anybody. Like, you literally talk shit all day and don't give a fuck about any repercussions. <laughs> People talk about you in the tabloids. You're, fuck you, them, but like, tabloids. You, but you just don't give a fuck. I love that about you. But, but, but how this is going to go into the next thing, which is probably the last thing we talk about. It's going to be the last. Like, well, this did, is it. Did you know anything about punk when you, we were a skinhead in higher did, learning? Was that any kind of... Nope. The Nothing. music, the music. I can't remember what did you have music. To research. I, 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 when I did higher learning, there was a playlist of music that I got that I made that was that. I can't remember. I mean, so long ago, and I don't think I cared who, what song was what, but the vibe of the music, yes. But you know, that character was discovering that lifestyle, so it wasn't like he. I remember, I, yes, I did listen to the music, but I wasn't like, it, was, it wasn't It was about the culture because that character wasn't in the culture of that. Yeah. That character went to college and he just was innocent and he got caught up in this thing. Sorry, yeah. that, that, that probably was like a four or five month thing that just swept him up. So, okay. so uh, but the only thing I knew that. about, the only thing I knew about punk at the time was the stereotypes of it you know what i mean like yeah you know it's 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 you know the ramones and the skinheads and the the british and the mohawks and yeah. the, the sit in nancy you know that that stuff but i was just you know i was 23 24 years old 25 years old when i did that movie so i was just into my shit like i was just it though thank you it i was, was just really into my hip-hop and, and into my thing listen toby so rap what? i i find it i think that at this point an hour and a half now and, and I, know some, I know some people are like, Tom, no, boo, Mike Rap, no, yeah. no, and I say not boo. It's a highly anticipated conversation. I know, but it's it's been it's been now we're talking ninety minutes. So this is a great ninety minute conversation. I don't know how people. Do you know how people ingest your podcast? Most they fucking it? love it. I no, but do they listen to it when there's? Because I listen to all my podcasts, the majority of them when I'm laying down. I hope no one's listening to this to try to sleep. You're not going to be able to sleep with me no. talking all this with shit. With you on there, they don't expect to sleep with you on there. Okay, I'll keep them up. I'm like a fucking human cup of coffee. So, 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 so I, I'm I, just going to skip through one more, man. One more. I got to go. I got basketball go to diaries was me and my wife's first date ever. That was our first date to which, go see the basketball diaries. Yes, that's funny. And that movie was fucking dark. Was that your first time working with Leo? <laughs> <clears throat> I did a, a movie with Leonardo. A little short film that you could probably find online somewhere called The Foot Shooting Party. Mm. We met at the True Romance premiere. Oh, sick. He had done This Boy's Life. Great fucking movie. De Niro, underrated movie. And he was at True Romance. He loved 
True Romance. I love this boy's life. We became friends. He's always been a good guy. Always knew he was special. <clears throat> Stickman. Oh man, he's 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 great. But 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 DiCaprio is the thing about Leonardo. Aside from things you don't know, you'd be hard. This this is the thing about Leonardo that that impresses me the most about him. Out of all the fame, all the women, all the 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 the, the sets he's been on, all the people he's come across. You'd be hard pressed to find anybody that has anything bad to say about him. That's true. And if you have any idea how hard that is, so hard. Because everybody wants to be like, he's a dick. Oh, he was rude to this girl. Oh, he was an asshole. He, you don't hear that. No. He handles himself with as much grace and as much poise and as much humility as you can to be that famous. Mm -hmm. You know, like every. Where he goes in the world, all eyes are on him. True. Now, listen, you could say, yeah, well, he gets all these girls. Yeah, he's a billionaire. All those things are go without saying. But the, the, the prisoner of fame that he's been for 20-something years is not an easy thing to do with class and grace. Yeah. And that's the thing that impresses me the most about Leonardo is, is that, is that he handles himself... Uh, uh, he flies below the radar. Yeah, he sticks to himself. He tries to keep it about his business. He does a lot of charity shit that no one knows yeah. about. Not just the oh, planet. The pl yeah, but but we know about that. Yeah, he donates a lot of money. You never see, hear him taking credit. You never hear him in front of the camera for it. He's only in front of the camera for cause or to promote his movie. Yeah, it takes a lot for that long to, um, to sustain that, that kind of grace as, yeah. as as that kind of person. And I'm not saying he's fucking, you know, uh, Nelson Mandela. I'm just saying in terms of being that famous to keep it together for so long. Yeah. That's why I fuck with him. On that note, Toby, what's the closing statements on these fucking things? Okay, so real quick, since we're not... Yeah, we could fucking closing statement me, my man. Okay, I'm going to say real quick, though. Uh, you don't have to talk during this part. Beautiful Girl is fucking amazing rap. Copland, a fucking amazing. You on the Big Bang Theory, Sully, fucking... Uh, next Friday, Small Town Cricks, Men Toby, of Honor, my, Bamboozle, uh, Dr. Man, Doolittle, We're, we're, we're going to do closing show, statements on this pop fucking copy, thing. Hitch, I mean, Friends. We've been talking here, my, my G. Fucking 90 minutes, me and my man here. What's up, guys? One Life, One Chance podcast. I mean, these. Are, what's the closing? Let's the, fucking wrap this puppy up. I have a closing couple things, but you're in a rush. We're you're fucking, I mean, 90 minutes, my man. Do you have any regrets? I have any fucking regrets? If we keep going, my regret will be doing the fucking One Life <laughs> podcast. Do you have any daily rituals? Fuck no, man. What's your top five MCs? Yo. Uh, uh, we'll save that for part two. All right, part two. Uh, oh, yeah, so much. You consider yourself an optimist or pessimist? Yo, I know the answer to that. We got the matching PMA. People think my man's mad negative, but he's not. I got the, I got the F FL. He does. Fuck my life. Um, all right, so we're going to have to go with we're gonna do part two, dude. And people want to hear this. 90 minutes. We just did. I'll do a part fucking four with you. It means a lot to me for you to be here. You're one of my closest friends. I appreciate your 90 time. 90 fucking minutes. Wrap it. Wrap it. Um, all right. Wrap it up. Wrap fuck it up. fucking well, up, like, man. The ladies said, fucking, we're closing, man. The fucking restaurant's closed. We got to fuck. Let's go, man. 90 fucking minutes here. Well, I, wrap it. I just want to say, I Let's get some fucking barbecued cauliflower or wrap, something. I, I, Jesus I, I, I Christ. Say, I appreciate, appreciate you, you in my life. Appreciate you're, it. You're my good friend of mine. And uh, Thank you, Toby. I'm going to do a part two with you one day. One Life, One Chance, part two, coming in 2025. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, 
uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.